Hello and welcome to What a Jazz Podcast. I'm your host, Elza Vishnevskita. I hope your summer has been great and busy and full of dancing or not. That is also fine. Today, I am talking to Vasa Panayotu from Athens, Greece. She is Lindy Hopper, authentic jazz dancer. I am really amazed by her unique style and also the inspiration she draws from original dancers, from chorus line dancers. And today we talk more about drawing inspiration, using it, learning from dancers that really inspire us, but at the same time finding our own voice and our own individual expression. She's also an organizer of Athens Rhythm Hop, and today we talk about running a dance festival, running a dance festival post-COVID, after a time we had to think and reflect the changes that they tried to implement, and also dreams for the future. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did, and without further ado, Vasya. First of all, how are you doing these days? I'm doing okay. Um, it's been the first normal year, let's say. And when I mean year, I am talking about September to June because this is how we <laughs> count years, you know, as a owners of the dance school. Um, yeah, I think it was the first year actually that we got to be open. <laughs> uh, and uh, it felt really good to be able to, you know, be um, in close to people. And uh, yeah, I mean, we have been, uh, you know, we had social dances. So I have traveled a lot more this year than, I, you know, than the two years before. So I, I'm, I'm not complaining. I think, yeah, I'm happy to come back, you know, <laughs> yeah. to what we had. Yeah. Of course. How did the studio... Rhythm Hoppers, right? Yes, yes. Uh, the studio at Nathans, how did you survive the COVID times? Um, well, I think it's been tough uh, for everybody, um, especially the school owners, uh, because we also had to, you know, to pay basically for a school that remained closed for a long period of time. Um but we survived this um, and, you know, we're, we're really looking forward to, to come back to it. And, and it feels that, you know, like many things um, happened and many, you know, we all, uh, I don't know how to say, like we all feel that uh, there was a big like cost, you know, like of this uh, COVID period of not being able to see people. So we all feel a little bit stressed to come back to, you know, what we had, like hugging each other, dancing with everybody. But at the same time, I'm very happy that we survived it as a community and that people are, you know, are still here. The community is still here, you know, to support us, the dance school, the, you know, the teachers. So, yeah, it's it's a very good vibe. I think, yeah. 
Nice. It's a lot of love in our community. Yeah. Was there a time during the lockdowns where you thought that maybe this is it? Like there will be no more studio and we're just going to find other things to do? Or you kept uh, your, your hopes? Yeah, I think that I was quite optimistic, actually. Um, also, because like during the first quarantine, we didn't have online classes, but I used all the free time to practice. Uh, and uh, that was like... Uh, so important because then I had, you know, I, I tried to find mini goals, you know, so that I keep my my brain busy. So I won't think that, you know, uh, we don't have classes anymore. The school is closed. And then um, during the second quarantine, we had the online classes that helped a lot because we had the chance to to keep touch with, you know, with our students uh and and then uh we started dancing outdoors which was really cool actually and and i think we have a bigger solo community even now uh because of covid people started dancing more solo and we had so many solo jams so you know not everything has been bad um but yeah, yeah, I think I think I've managed to remain quite optimistic, and I'm still uh, I still am optimistic about the future. Nice. Um, I do find that it was nice to practice for such a long period of time without a goal. I think as dancers, we usually have something we're practicing for, a performance or a festival that we're getting ready. But now during uh, quarantines. It was really just about practicing for the sake of practicing. And mm -hmm. and with the dancers I talked, many of them said like, oh, it's really nice to actually just practice for yourself quite regularly, you mm -hmm. know, because that was the only option. So mm -hmm. I can relate to that a lot. I, I enjoyed just putting music and practicing, not even creating a specific routine or a class material just for myself. Exactly. And I think sometimes like uh, the, the way the community was until at least before COVID, it was like you. I kind of felt that I need to be part of, you know, the competition so that I have a goal to get better. But actually, I, I realized that I, I like it more when I take my time, you know, to practice things without having necessarily an end goal. You know, um, and it it feels less stressful, let's say, you know, uh, and, you know, this is also a way to do it. You know, uh, it's yeah, yeah, I think I think it's it was like um, it's a different mindset. But, you know, because of the, the COVID, we had the experience to explore this new way of, <laughs> you know, practicing. Yeah, that was really cool. How do you feel about competitions now? Has your mindset changed? Um, I think it's not the thing that I've missed from our community. It's maybe the last thing. Uh, I've missed performing for sure. But I think one of the things that I uh, thought a lot during uh, the, these years was what is it that it's important to me and where do I want to spend time? You know, uh, because preparing for a competition takes so much time. Uh, and then, you know, when you say yes to something, you say no to something else. 
So it's not that I really, I don't like competitions, but I feel that maybe I want to invest my time somewhere else. And I'm not saying no to competing uh, in the future, uh, but, you know, right now it feels that this is really not the thing that I missed, you know, <laughs> from our community. Yeah. Uh, and what is the, the thing that you want to invest more time? Is it performing or the studio or something else? Uh, I created more uh, performance teams in Athens uh, because we were here more uh, and we have more time uh, to invest, you know, in our local community. So this is for sure one thing that I want to do. But also uh, during the last two years, they have been uh, many discussions in our community about how we can be more respectful when it comes to, to the culture that we're in. Uh, and um, for me, there is like uh, this journey to learn more about the culture, to, you know, to explore the connections between, you know, the, the Lindy Hope and other dances maybe of the African diaspora, of the African dances, um, to, to you read more, you know, to talk with people, to understand more of these cultures that we're in. Uh, and then... And I've, I've really spent a lot of time on that. It's a big journey. Uh, but I feel, you know, I'm very, I've started being very curious about, you know, this, this culture. And I, I, I realized that maybe the way that I saw it before was a little bit more superficial. And I, I feel like I want to learn more. I want to dig deeper and understand, you know. Uh, so I think this is a big part of my time, uh, but also I think it's important to, it's very important to me as a dancer to, um, you know, to evolve by uh, doing other things too. Like I, I practice tap dance a lot. I, I've joined a musicality class as a tap dancer um, where we basically, you know, we are a group of musicians uh, playing music together. So, you know, these are things that I, I really like doing. And, you know, like, I think this is where I want to spend my time. But it's very hard because once, you know, now that we have more events, of course, I want to travel also, you know, and see my friends from abroad. And, uh, so it's very hard. It's a very hard question. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, that sounds, for me, that sounds very inspiring because I think in the end, in these two years, we're just digging a little bit deeper because before it was more either going for a festival and it's, you know, some competitions or it's a competition event. But now I think the, the festivals are getting more of a ride because, you know, everyone is presenting their own idea of what they've been working on. Mm-hmm. And I think even Athens Rhythm Hop, like the festival that you just had, I heard... Yeah beautiful things about it everyone I talked to um had like really really good time um and I'm curious because it seems I mean it was the first edition after COVID right yes uh and um maybe you could share some things that you did differently this Mm -hmm. year after a break that worked really well or that had a very good response from people Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's when we first um, uh, did or organized the event it was in 2017, and I remember then that that 
our goal, what we wanted to do is uh, basically, you know, to bring dancers from all over the world to our community, uh, to meet the local dancers, bring people that we admire together and we're and our friends and, you know, create something together. And this is still our goal. But I think that right now um, we we as a community, we can do better when it comes to, you know, respecting the cultures, culture that we're in. Uh, and also we can do more when it comes to inclusivity. Uh, and as an event, we're very much conscious of the impact that we have uh, on the community. Uh, and I think that we, we, we made choices uh, thinking about uh, these two things. Um, so... So this year we focus a lot of trying to make a more respectful and appreciative environment for everybody. Uh, and not that we didn't want to have an inclusive event before, but you know now we know that we realize that we're, there were people in our community that didn't feel included, you know, like and now we understand that and we're like, okay, let's let's see how we can do it. Um, and that's a very tough thing to do because there is not actually a guideline <laughs> about how can you do an inclusive event. But for sure, I think it's important to, you know, like we, we try to um, uh, focus on diversity, like, of course, hire people of color. Uh, we encourage, the, a like we had a discussion about, you know, uh, uh, issues of inclusivity, wrestling issues. Um, and, you know, like we hoped <laughs> that these things are going to work. Uh, and I think, um, I believe we did better than before when it comes to that and the feedback we received was, was good. So that makes me feel, um, very, very good. Uh, but still there is a lot of work to be done. Um, and the other thing was, uh, when it comes to respecting the culture, we wanted to create an event that uh, respects the creators of the dance, you know, the culture we're in, that to, that to tell the stories of these people uh, who managed to create something so beautiful despite oppressions that still affect them till this day. Um, but also uh, we want to focus on understanding more the culture, finding connections, you know, with other uh, dances of the African diaspora, find connections with African dancing. Uh, so this year, among other theme classes, we had more African dance classes, body percussion, you know, like uh, musicality classes, you know, with, uh, uh, you know, like we, we tried to, um, to find uh, a way, you know, to, to do better. Um, uh, to find connections, you know, to, to understand this culture. Uh, and we, we wanted to create, you know, an, an event where people come here and, okay, yeah, they, they do learn the rocks, the triple, you know, whatever the, we teach at Lindyhoek classes, but also, you know, that, um, to, you know, that, that we want people leaving this event to be more curious and, you know, to start conversations. Um, and um, again, you know, this is a very, very hard thing to do, <laughs> but uh, this is, I think this is where our event is right now. You know, this is our goals. And some things did, did work. I don't know uh, exactly uh, what, you know, I don't know if, if you ask me if I can give advice to other organizers. It's not that I would say, I'll do this or that, but I would say, 
maybe you know organize an event thinking about these things yeah yeah it it also creates a more meaningful experience of what you said because exactly. in the end if you travel to many festivals as a participant even um it's fun you get to meet people you get to dance to good music but then i think after a while it becomes a little bit the same you know exactly. and then having a more meaningful experience of like maybe exploring you know, the culture more and the dances and the connections or just having discussions even and like seeing that. I think that that just leaves you somehow more full after a festival because it's mm -hmm. like apart from the fun part, you also have like something more, more deep. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And did that, did that change your, your way of teaching, thinking about all these things? And did you notice something how you are in your local or international classes? Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, uh, and this is the hardest thing, you know, changing what you did all this time. Um, I think one of the things that, uh, well, I, I, I believe that I've always, I mean, I don't know always, but maybe from the very beginning, quite early in my dancing <laughs> journey i i try to, to to mention you know the creators the, the dancers that created this dance and i was really lucky because like uh i quite early i got to uh, to join uh, marie and the ice chorus line in kirang so i i took a lot from here you know i i learned so much from here so i was i was very lucky in that sense because like i i you know, from back then, I started like uh, watching all clips and um, learning the names of the people and this clip and that clip, etc. So I did use, I did did that uh, maybe from quite early. But uh, what I've realized recently that it's more, it's not just about saying the names. You know, like just saying the names does not mean necessarily. But you're done, you know. <laughs> you know, it's it's a lot more than that. Um, it's it's more about um, uh, how can I say, like uh, inspiring people to go out there and be more curious about this culture, um, and also to when it comes to uh, studying old clips, because this is something that I do, and this is uh, something that I share with my students. The material that I get from there. Um, is the way we uh, study all clips, I think, should be more about, okay, what, uh, how I can take this step and make it my own and dance it with my own body uh, instead of copying exactly what there is there. Um, and it's copying exactly, of course, is a way, uh, but I think it makes more sense to me now to think about, you know, like to, to if you, if this is a step of a dancer that, you know, maybe watch all the clips of this dancer and see if this, he repeats or she repeats this step in other clips. And then, you know, you see the dancer doing the step many different times. So maybe we, you understand more. And then you, you study about the, the story of this person. Um, and then when you, you practice the step, uh, instead of copying exactly, you know, as I said, try to find your own way to do it, you know, with your own body, your own movement, your own, you know, dance experiences. It has to, 
become your own. And one of the things that I really like say, like the, the way I really like thinking is that like, uh, there is like um, at the Hoofers Club, you know, in, in New York, there was a sign that said nobody should copy each other's steps exactly. And, and you know, uh, it's like it's great to copy, but then you have to make it your own. Otherwise, you're just recreating something and they, this has actually no value. And I think, uh, and this is something that I practice with my students, like take this step and find another way to do it or dance it something, you know, you, you know, uh, put something in the beginning or the end, try to find a way to make it your own. And I think the best thing to happen out of this process is that when you actually come out of, with something completely different, but it has started from, you know, what you show. And this is the way I work right now. Uh, and this is what I would like, you know, to you know, to pass to my student that this is uh, a way to, you know, to learn from these great dancers and maybe this is the way to, you know, to take, you know, this culture and make something new because making something new should be, you know, a goal in, in my opinion, uh, right? Like recreation is great, but at the same time, what's the point of doing the same things in the worst way? Because, to be honest, I don't think that nobody, none of us can dance as good as they did, you know? So, yeah. Exactly. And I think you really do it so beautifully and successfully of taking that inspiration, but also every time you dance, it feels like there's you. It's it's kind of very nice um, contrast because it's like you can see the, the the inspiration from old clips or dancers, but at the same time you manage to create your own voice with those things but I do think that it's um it's a big journey especially yeah when you start dancing I think like it's so easy to copy and then is for us as teachers I think that's the tool of instead of letting people to learn to dance like us to actually somehow open up more the door of their own expression so they don't Mm -hmm. get stuck into copying the, the favorite dancers or the style that's popular at the time, because also style has changed in the last, you know, 10 years. There's been so many mm-hmm. different styles. And, and yeah, and it's like, you know, that's, that's why I think for me, when I'm teaching solo jazz, it's been, it's been almost easier to find the balance of expression and somehow adding more of yourself. I'm still yet to, to work on that in Lindy Hop because you have like two people and it's like that self-expression is um, is almost a bit more tricky to find the right tools for students to express themselves yet not mm-hmm. go too far and still connect with another person <laughs> and be able to dance. So, so I'm still trying to find better ways in Lindy Hop to do that, not to over-explain things, not to over-copy things, but kind of give tools. Whereas in solo jazz, I just found it a bit a bit more simple because you just have more freedom. You're not like holding someone's hand there. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's a lot uh, trickier when it comes to uh, the Lindy Hop because um, also uh, I think that we all as dancers, we have created a way to connect with each other and it's probably our way to connect. 
because I'm not sure how exactly connection worked back then. <laughs> so for sure, there is like a modern element in the way we dance and it's great. But at the same time, you know, while being in the team, you have to make sure that it still feels like a dance, not like, okay, I follow, you lead. You know, I, I understand the talent and I I think it's important like to do as teachers that we cannot do great <laughs> from the beginning you know we were also learning and and i think that when most of us started dancing uh, we didn't learn that way so it takes a lot of time to change our own mindsets um but as long as we are committed to to doing better i think you know maybe that's good enough because if you come to think about it, like uh, being a good teacher means that you are a good dancer that practices regularly and you need to make sure you know about, you know, the history of the dance, but also, you know, practice your rhythm, practice <laughs> your teaching skills. I don't know, be sometimes a school owner uh, or an international dancer. So it's like there's a lot of things that we need to do. But as long as we commit to do better every day, I think, Maybe this is enough, you know. Yeah. yeah. How how did you start dancing? What's your dance journey been like? Ah, there's not a great story there. Just a friend of mine, you know, <laughs> just said, okay, there is this Limby Hope class. Do you want to go? And I'm like, yeah, of course I want to go. Uh, and that's it. Uh, and I didn't, and I really, I liked jazz uh, at the time, but I cannot say that I was, I knew so much about the culture. Uh, and to be honest, I didn't know so much about the culture after the two years of dancing. <laughs> so, like, so, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it was like, it was really quite random in the beginning. And also um, for me, when I started dancing, it was um, like, uh, I, I, I couldn't believe that I found something so beautiful. Like, you know, I, I was in a period in my life where I was super stressed. I, I was... I had a job that I didn't like. Um, so it was really hard for me. And Lindy Hope, uh, you know, was a way for me to, you know, to connect with people, to to express, you know. It was really beautiful. And it it's, you know, I didn't um, got in the community uh, thinking that this is going to be my life you know, or that I'm going to be, you know, like a teacher or anything. It really, this came a lot after uh, but I think it came from, you know, the place where I really couldn't think my life without dancing every day. <laughs> Basically, yeah. that was like the turning point, you know. What was your job before before dancing? Um, I studied management and I worked in sales and marketing in big companies. Um, and uh, then when I started uh, having classes uh, at some point, uh, teaching classes, I realized, and th it was going really well, so we had one class and then two and then three, and then at some point I'm like, you know, I cannot do both. There is no way. And I'm like, okay, now I have to choose between my day job and dancing. And I'm like, if I choose my day job, I have like, okay, a steady job, but then I'm not going to be able to dance as much and like there's no way I'm not going to be able to dance as much as I want so it was an easy choice sometimes people say oh my god you're so brave you know like what you did I'm like 
not really. It was a really easy choice, you know. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, you just need we just need to be happy, you know. And uh, you know, I think this dance is also about that. You know, it's a lot about that. It's yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I bet your skills and management worked well when opening and running a dance school. Oh yeah, for sure. Like uh, I think that right now I am. Uh, I'm doing a job that fits very well my skills, you know, and it makes me happy a lot to be able to uh, do so many different things, you know, not every day is different. I really like that I don't have like, you know, like a very um, steady schedule, like, you know, um, I am my own boss, so it, it it really feels good to be able to do that. But at the same time, it's hard. And I think that not many people realize how hard it is to be uh, a school owner, an event organizer, uh, a teacher. Uh, for me, also an international teacher sometimes. So it, it takes a lot. Uh, and I think one of the things that uh, I realized I, that it takes, and I, I realized that during... Um, the COVID where we, 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 we were more local is that um, especially if you travel a lot, you are not really here to connect with the people here, with your friends. And also if you're working every night because you're teaching in the evenings, you don't have so many chances to, you know, to go out for drinks with people that are not dancers. So I think doing this job is more a lifestyle than a job actually it takes so much from you and you give so much back um, but like being you know all these years in this you know uh, community uh, and having the school and running everything I realized that uh, I have made a really big sacrifice <laughs> I mean our personal lives outside of this is are limited like um, you know, which is great because the Lindico community is amazing um, in many ways. Like it can be, I mean, of course, you know, we have all these things about respecting the culture that, and we're not still there, uh, but still like I've met so many beautiful people in this community and for that I'm very grateful. Yeah. yeah. Did you manage to keep some friends outside of dancing or everyone is already drafted oh into God. the community? <laughs> I, I'm not really good at this. Uh, I'm very happy because some of my very old and dear friends are dancers. <laughs> so, so I'm very liking that sense. Um, but I think I, you know, I did sacrifice many relationships to be able to do what I do. And of course, I'm trying to stay in touch with people. But, you know, if your schedule is so full every day, then it's really hard uh, you know, to create the close relationship, to, to keep a close relationship with non-dancers. <laughs> yeah, and my boyfriend is also dancing too, so I'm very lucky in that sense. That's good. <laughs> I think it would be almost hard to find a boyfriend outside of the dance. <laughs> oh my God. That yeah. lifestyle. <laughs> uh, and talking about like dance partnerships, because I think you, you worked with quite a few people uh, mm -hmm. and... How, like, what are you looking in a dance partnership? Are you having one person you're working mainly now? And um, 
what works and what doesn't work for you in a partnership, like dance partnership? Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Like, uh, this is like partnerships, I think. And working with people in general is one of the most challenging things. Uh, and I think because, you know, uh, like being in this process of uh, evolving as a dancer and, you know, like, because I think as dancers we have this, um, I don't know if you have felt that, but there are days that you're like, I can do everything. I am so good. And then the next day you're like, I look awful. Nothing works. Like, so there's always these ups and downs. And when you have to deal this, having another person next to you, I think it's, it's a little bit complicated, but I think I've, I've learned quite, I've grew, I've grown as a person, uh, as a, you know, like when it comes to communicating with a dance partner, how we give, how can I give feedback? Uh, so I think I'm very proud of myself in that sense, but to be honest, it's, um, when you start a new partnership is, um, it's a whole new thing, you know, <laughs> like, uh, because like sometimes, you know, people that don't work together that often, like sometimes, you know, I have my own patterns and the other person has his own patterns and it's not always easy. And for me, like I've always felt a little bit unlucky in the sense of partnering <laughs> because I, I had, uh, when I started teaching, I started teaching with Augustine locally and we were really good at teaching together. But then I'm like, oh, I, I want to perform, you know, I want to do more. He's like, no, I'm not really interesting. I just want to, and I'm like, okay. And then I started uh, working a little bit with Alexei uh, and working with him was completely different. Uh, and then I, I, now I work with Alexandros and Augustin too in the local, you know, because we live in the same city and we're on the same team. Uh, and then now I have, uh, a, like, uh, I'm going to Ismail with Felipe, who is like a completely different dancer. And, uh, I used to, you know, sometimes, uh, be jealous of, uh, people that could be, uh, the partners, like people that had one partner like for years, like why can I not I have that? Like look, for example, at like, I don't know, Mils and Yatnev, who, are, who live at the same place and they're dancing and like how beautiful that is. They're dancing as if they're one body, you know. But I think I now I realize that um, there is a lot that um, you can take from working with different people. Uh, and and I think one of the things that I've learned about partnerships is to, you know, be open to, you know, to something new, something that you're not used to. And it's really challenging, but I think uh, that this is also a way to grow as a dancer, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think because everyone you work with just also inspires you a lot. Yeah, exactly. And it may be quite confusing earlier when you're still trying to figure out a lot of who you are as a dancer I think then other people can influence you a lot and be yeah. like, oh well how do I move how does that person what's our philosophy is it the same is it different but then I think the more we discover about ourselves as dancers we get more comfortable it's mm -hmm. easier to work with other people as well because mm -hmm. you know that you don't necessarily need to have exactly the same thing exactly the same movement philosophy or whatever 
You kind of have to agree on some basic things and some values, and then you can make it work. And that's like kind of the beautiful part about this dance is that we can be quite individual in it. We don't have mm-hmm. to have one partnership that's defining us. Mm-hmm. But if that works, that's also possible and, and beautiful. But it's like, yeah. I think, and I and I do enjoy seeing people work with other people because it just, yeah, it, it opens a new way and a new movement of that person that you thought you knew. You know, mm-hmm. like actually I'm, I would be interested to see like Nils or Bianca dancing with other people and, and seeing how does that look? I'm just like so curious. I'm like, hmm. Would be cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, and I think this is happening a lot more uh, these days than it used, you know, than before. Like maybe you know, seven years ago. Yeah, I, I, I agree. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. it's also because we're dancing way more solo than mm-hmm. seven or eight years ago. I think just solo dancing and in general, like dancing as individuals, has become more of a thing which I love. Mm-hmm. Maybe before it was more like Lindy Hop, it's two people, just lead and follow, more of those things. So then the steady partnerships made sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I think maybe it's also a lot about that. Uh, and uh, I really like it that also it feels that, you know, sometimes, I don't know, like if you feel that, but I, I feel now like, I can see also like events hiring, you know, followers, asking them to bring their leader, which is, I think this is something that didn't happen before. And I really like that. So like to be able as a follower, you know, to have your own identity and then people to respect you for that and hire you for that and be like, okay, you can bring the leader that you like that, you know, puts like the follower part you know, in the more, you know, spotlight. And I really, I really like that because it's, of course, it's equally important, you know. Yeah. And even further than that, sometimes, you know, you you get, like I was recently asked somewhere and I couldn't bring a partner, but then I suggested to bring a follower and to lead, even though like I'm not leading as much, but I feel like in a workshop, I could give quite a lot of ideas how I see the dance because the way I see the dance is not necessarily about the most complicated moves but I feel like Mm -hmm. as a leader I could give the similar idea of what I give when teaching as a follower and the workshop was fine with that and it was like really nice and for me that seems like a big big step forward of like yeah you're just hiring people also for what they can give you instead of like specific style you know only exactly exactly that's really cool yeah and um, just, uh, I'm always very curious of people's routines, what they do, mm-hmm. how they practice. Do you have some sort of a practice routine that you do daily or weekly or how you work? How do you schedule your own practices? Mm. Um, well, it's, uh, I think it's a struggle <laughs> when, uh, you know, I am busy with running the school or running the Athens Rhythm Hope. Um but I think especially after COVID, because I spent so much time practicing, I'm like, when I go back to my routine, I'm going to make sure I practice. So I think I am trying to keep um, 
And of course, I do practice when I'm like have a solo class, especially when you need to dance for an hour, or when I do, you know, I I train the the performance the performance themes. Um, but I'm trying to find uh, maybe at least two days uh, a week to practice by myself. Um, and uh, also, I am practicing tap. Uh, this is a really this is a big part of my life, and it's on and off. Because, you know, of course, there's sometimes that I'm super busy and like, okay, I'm going to switch off this and I'm going to do more of solo dancing or more Lindy Hop because I'm making a Lindy routine. Um, but this is a big part of my practice because through TAP, I also uh, study music, you know. Uh, and, and this is like something that I really need to do in order to be able to evolve in this thing, to, you know, to understand this culture and where it comes from, you know. Um, the other thing is, you know, I'm also doing this uh, jazz improvisation class uh, for musicians and I'm doing it as a tap dancer. So I'm also trying to, uh, you know, studying for that also gives me, uh, gives me a lot. Um, but at the same time, and this is quite important, I think, is that growing older, I realize how much I need to take care of my body. So now I have two sessions of yoga, uh, uh, therapy, you know, that, uh, that really helps me so much. Uh, and I realize like how much better my body is moving now, you know, like, cause as dancers, we are working out. Yes but not always in the best way for our bodies. You know, it's not always symmetrical. You know, we, we have like movement patterns. Um, and yeah, I think it's really important to take care of our bodies. And if we do, then I, you know, I realize if I do that, how much more, how much better I can dance, you know, how, you know, how much less pain I feel <laughs> every day, you know, um, so yeah, that's a big part. And then when it comes to practice, I am usually, I'm very dedicated, I think, to, to, to what I do. And I really like working hard, which is great. But sometimes my body is like, mm, <laughs> you have to take a break. So I am, and this is the hardest thing for me right now to, to make sure I rest at least one day a week. That's also very important. Yeah, we we had this therapist in Vilnius and a few years ago he started teaching us a little bit more about taking care of our bodies um, and also just warm-ups, stretches, like very basic things for most of the athletes at least. But I remember for, for the community and for us who are dancing a lot, it was so groundbreaking as you know, before we would rarely do warm-ups, like normal warm-ups and getting ready for dancing and then going to massage or therapy. And then I remember like five or six years ago, that really kind of changed my mind. I'm like, oh, I don't have to be in pain. Okay, I can actually exactly. take care of my body. <laughs> That's fun. Nice. <laughs> exactly. And also, I think like, you know, we all had injuries, right? Like if you're a professional dancer, you have injuries. And then you're like, 
okay, I really need to warm up. Like now I feel like I'm really warming up. Like I didn't know how I did it before, but I'm like, we really need to warm up. This is not a joke. Exactly. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just have one more question about the future. What's mm -hmm. in store for the future? What are your plans, goals or dreams personally or with the studio maybe? I really like working with teams. Uh, so I I feel very proud, you know, when I see, you know, my team here um, creating so many different things, like being part of, you know, of so many projects. And um, so working with teams and with a local scene is something that I really want to keep doing because it gives you so much back. I think uh, the My personal development is, of course, like uh, a tip. Uh, and it feels great, you know, when you, you realize that you have improved, that you you have become a better dancer and then there are more things that you can do now and you have more, you know, skills. It feels, for, to me, like it feels so good when I, I do that and I'm going to keep doing it. But at the same time, I think that sometimes I feel it's more powerful when you you have you create something as a team uh, and then you inspire the people in the team to you know uh, do something else on their own you know like so it's like it's like a domino like it's like you or a snowball you're spreading you know what you know and you know you inspire people to do you know more and then you build the community so i really i really like that so so when it comes to Uh, you know, what I want to do, I definitely want to keep working on myself. I definitely want to keep working with teams. Um, and then, you know, understanding more, you know, like about the culture. That's a really big journey that I'm in right now. And being curious uh, gives so much back. You know, it's not about uh, respecting. It's also about becoming better at what you do. Um, so this is a really big journey that I'm, um, I, I am in right now. And it, it feels, it's really nice to, to be able to do all these things. Um, but at the same time, one of the goals is to be able to find a balance, uh, you know, with, uh, all the, you know, this multitasking, this, <laughs> you know, so many different projects that need to happen at the same time, uh, So yeah, I really need to become better at this. So I hope that my future is going to be something like that, but with me not feeling tired all the time, you know. Yeah, uh, I, I, I really enjoyed this conversation. I'm very, yeah. I'm inspired by the way you are curious and the way you want to keep on exploring and how you share that. Uh, and uh, thank you for talking with me today thank you <laughs> thank you for tuning in to What A Jazz Podcast the episode was created together with the music of Dimitrio Papa the visuals of Linda Vilnishkita and the support from the Swinging Europe Network Project you can follow our updates and the new episodes on What A Jazz Facebook page Take care, goodbye, and until next time.